Hi, I'm Lucas. And I'm Brian. And this is the Quacks Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I am Lucas here with Brian. How are you doing, Brian? Welcome aboard, everyone. I'm fine. <laughs> I was trying something new. Uh, we're not on a boat, so no, it not. doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but uh, the enthusiasm was there. Yeah, so we're kind of recording on a weird time. We're doing it on a Saturday uh, versus we usually do it like Tuesday night. At night, too. Yeah. So it's nice. It's during the day. We're at Lucas's place. It's great views of the mountain. The weather's nice. Yeah, so I don't know. Energy might be different. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Leave it up to the viewer. So today we're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about uh, one of the supplements I've been trying lately and really liking. And then we're also going to touch on coronavirus and what you can do and what they we may can... not know what that is, what you're talking about. Yeah. Come There's on. a viral thing happening in the world right now, guys. And we're just going to touch on it. We're trying to get ahead of the game here. And really jump on this coronavirus thing. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to talk about what you can do about it, you know, the things you can take. And also, is it a big deal or isn't it? Because we were just talking about it. There's kind of two camps right. right now. There's people who are like, it's just the flu. It's no big deal. There's other people going like, oh my gosh, freak out. But I think there's nuance on what you should freak out about and what you shouldn't freak totally. out about. And yeah. I vacillate daily multiple times a day sometimes about this is real. This is hoax, hoax life. And I don't mean hoax in the sense that there's not like some biological entity out there that we could possibly have infect us. I'm talking about the severity of this thing and shutting down Expo West, the largest supplement you know show, I know. at least on the West Coast, shut down. I know. They closed it. They shut it down. That was our plans for last week. We were going to go to Expo and yeah. There's hundreds of small supplement businesses that are going to fold as a result of this. Yeah, they they banked on it. They banked on it. Yeah. I mean, they said they postponed it because so basically on Monday, all these vendors were starting to pull out like big vendors like Nestle, Mega Foods. And and they're like, no, we're still going to go ahead of it. Nestle. You can't garden a life. That's that's who it is. (laughs) Same candy company. Same, same company. (laughs) Uh, Alicia Silverstone. Come on. You know who I'm talking about. So, you know, they pulled out and they said they were still going to do the show. And then they had all this pressure from people going like, no, no, you know, we spent all this money. And and so Tuesday they said they were going to postpone it. So maybe it'll be in April or May or June or yeah. something like that. And asterisks, maybe. Maybe. But if they postpone it too long, it's like, you, you know, it's just going to happen again next March. So. And I know that we're going to come back to this, but I did. I mean, they just canceled James Bond was supposed to come out in April. Yes. yes. That's a billion dollar you know uh franchise right there i know boom done um now they're talking about doing it with black widow which is another marvel huge property Mm -hmm. i i'm sorry but if you were to go crazy on this you could think that there's an orchestration trying to keep us all at home (laughs) yeah you could you could think that (laughs) but but we'll get back we'll get to that we'll get to that all right so let's let's do uh Let's do the earthworms first. I love earthworms. Yes, that is what we are going to talk about, earthworms. So I've been reading a lot about them, and they are seriously sweet. So people, you know, they, in the natural what do you industry... Mean sweet? Like they taste sweet? Well, no, like like how the young kids would say, sweet. It's su- <laughs> the young kids in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so they're... But, but yeah. traditionally in our industry, bees are glamorized, right. right? Everybody has the bees. I think what, Host Defense has the whole marketing uh, campaign, you know, give bees a chance, that, right. that whole thing. Bees are great, don't get me wrong, but 
earthworms they make the soil nutritious that's and, so true and they make it so that plants can grow so i think you know earthworms give bees for a run for their money yeah they're unsung heroes that dwell underground doing their business exactly nobody sees them work and i've never been stung <laughs> stung by an earthworm either. another plus okay so anyway interestingly enough ground up earthworms have been a traditional chinese medicine for thousands of years Oy. Yeah, and it goes by this name called Dai Long, which means earth dragon. Uh, and the first time they were mentioned was in the Divine Farmer's Materia Medica, written around 200 BC. Yes. Now, they were mentioned again in the Compendium of Materia Medica in the 1500s. 200 BC. It's a long time ago. That's a lot of research. So... This is basically a Chinese medicine, and, and what they said Dialong could do was it could invigorate blood, resolve stasis, and unblock the body's meridians and channels. Hmm. So according to traditional Chinese medicine, Dialong, it's associated with the bladder, uh, the liver, the lung, and the spleen meridians. Very weird. How would they take it, though? What was the... What? So, yeah, this is what's wild. This is how they figured out to take it. So... Basically, they looked at worms and how they could burrow through the earth and kind of find new places to slither. And they concluded that earthworms as a, as a medicine would do the same things in your body. It would what? open channels up in the body. Yeah, they use like mythology <laughs> metaphor to, to and, and it kind of works. It kind of does work like that. That's crazy. Which is nuts. You, you might think that that was a bridge too far. Well, they, they dig, so and they find their way, so maybe they'll work in the body the same way. Wow, that's a leap of faith. Yeah, it's, it's a really amazing power of observation, and it almost seems to work really well or, or not, work at our, not work at all. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, so what these Chinese medical doctors would do and, and how they would do it is they kill the worm, they split it open, and they use the digestive system of the worm as medicine. Now, sometimes they take all the guts out and they use like the actual worm body as medicine. There's there's kind of different ways to do it. Mm. Yeah. Like you know. the membrane, like the outer membrane? Like, yeah, the outer skin or, yeah. or whatever it is. I just always assumed that's all that there, <laughs> there was to an earthworm. No, they have guts and stuff. Yeah. But what's interesting is within their digestive system is an enzyme called lumbrokinase. And that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. Have you heard of lumbrokinase? I have heard of lumbrokinase. I did not know that it was derived from earthworms. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's where it comes from. We sell it. Yeah, so it's it's not made from earthworms anymore. Okay. They they make it in a lab, but that's where it traditionally comes from. Weird. So we did an episode a while back, uh, number thirty four. Where we covered systemic enzymes like Wobenzyme and Fibrozyme. Uh, we talked about how they can lower pain, inflammation. They're good for a wide variety of health problems, all that. Now, at the time, I didn't know about lumbrokinase, but I wish I did because it thrashes those other enzymes in potency. Really? It's seriously better. So like lumbrokinase's ability to break down fibrogen, uh, I'm sorry, fibri fibrinogen. I always Fib want to say fibrogen. Fibrinogen. Fibrinogen. Yeah, it's fibrin. Okay. It's possibly 30 times stronger than natokinase and maybe 300 times stronger than serapeptase. Really? Yeah. Dang. But unlike natokinase, it seems to balance your coagulation. So your body has, you know, this very sensitive coagulation system, right? right. Meaning like how sticky your blood is. Mm -hmm. If it's too sticky, you get problems with too thick blood. If it's not sticky enough, you get problems with bleeding. Right. Um, so your body, it regulates your blood coagulation really closely. Lumbrokinase seems to lower the stickiness of your blood, but without risking bleeding or, or getting your blood too thin. Wow. So it has some kind of balancing 
I don't know, properties. It still keeps it congealed enough not to be overly diluted or whatever it is. Yeah. So I've been using Lumbrocanase for about a month and a half now. And dude, I'm in love with this supplement. Really? Yeah. It seems to take away any kind of like bloating or digestive issues I have. And not only that, it makes my blood sugar super stable and in range. How often do you take it? So they say you take two pills a day. I've been taking six. So I'm kind of going- Scattered throughout or all at once? No, yeah, just like two for each meal, okay. like beforehand, because you want to take it on an empty stomach or whatever. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I've been taking a little little more than what they recommend. Um, but it, it it's it's really cool because there's a lot of supplements out there that will lower your blood sugar and do some of the things that lumbrocanase can do. Mm-hmm. But I, not they all have some kind of drawback. Lumbrocanase, I haven't noticed any drawbacks whatsoever. Wow. No impact on sleep, no impact on anything else. And are you taking the earthworm varietal or this other form? So I'm taking the lumbrocanase. But I did get, I ordered from a Chinese medical dispensary some earthworms to try. The actual long dye. Yeah, dye long. Dye long. Yeah, yeah. I I ordered it. (laughs) And I ordered a powder, but it came as dried earthworms. (laughs) I just, it's like a bag of dried earthworms. That's all it, wait. It's the actual earthworms, not a powder? No, it wasn't. And you're just eating those? No. So I got a coffee uh, grinder, okay. and I put them in there, and I ground them up into a powder, and I put it in capsules. Okay. Yeah. Wow, dude. You're hardcore. I, well, you got to try these things if He's you're going to try best. them. You, know? you got you to gotta put your skin in the game. That's right. <laughs> no pun intended, dude. And if not your skin and earthworms, continue, please. <laughs> yeah. So I'll talk about what... there. There is a difference between lumbrocanase and earthworms, so I'll talk about that in a sec. But the, the problem, the one drawback on lumbrocanase is there's not a lot of studies on it in English. There's tons of studies on it in Chinese. There's like 600 or something publications, but... I don't speak Chinese. And yeah, I don't speak so, Cantonese. Yeah, so. so I wasn't able to look that for that. But um, I did find some English uh, studies. But real quick, you know, before we go to those, basically what Chinese studies have said is that they use it for uh, cerebral infarction, uh, coronary heart disease, pulmonary heart disease, deep vein thrombosis, angina pectoris, that's clogged arteries, diabetes, and uh, yeah, so heart and arteries for. sounds like it's fantastic. Yeah, because it, it it basically that it gets it's a fibrinogen thing and and it clears clears those up. I mean, you think about earthworms; they're go, they're digging through the earth. It clears the channels right. within your body. Dude, I I'm, I want to try this. I don't know if I'm gonna grind up a bag of worms that I get through my coffee grinder, <laughs> but I am like on board because he is so pepped up talking about it. And actually. You look super healthy. When did you start taking this? About a month and a half ago. Okay. Yeah. So I, I really like it. It totally calms any gut-related issues I've ever had down. I mean, it's just wonderful. That's fantastic. You know that feeling where you don't eat? Like you fasted, right? Yeah. And you know how you feel like your stomach is really flat and, and you feel thin? I love that. Yeah. That's what it makes you feel like. Really? Yes. I'm on board with that. That's what it And it's still working. It still does that. Wow, just awesome. dude. Okay. Well, I got to give it a shot. Yeah. So of the studies done in English, uh, there's a few. A 2013 study looked at kidney function in diabetic mice, uh, found that lumbrocanase could lower protein in the urine and lower creatinine in the blood. Uh, So the kidneys, super difficult to regenerate. I mean, once your creatinine and your GFR start going down, 
the doctors basically just say, well, you know, that's what's going to happen. And here's a nephrologist and, you know, drink water and keep your blood pressure low. There's not a lot they can do. So this is something potentially that could help the kidneys, which is a big deal. Yeah, Um, that's a huge deal. Yeah, there's just not a lot that helps them. So that one's really cool. Uh, In one of the two human studies I found, they looked at uh, 10 people who had coronary artery disease and stable angina, which again means chest pain from clogged arteries. They gave people lumbokinase for 30 days along with their other cardio treatments. They found that after treatment, their condition improved by around 40% and six out of the 10 patients, so super small study, had less chest pain than when they started. Wow. In the second human study I found uh, from 2013, 310, this one was cool. So 310 hospitalized people from stroke were either given standard treatment or standard treatment plus lumbrokinase for a year. The people who took lumbrokinase had better survival and outcomes than the ones who were only given the standard treatment. Wow. So that's pretty good. But anyway, just to sum everything up, there was a 2010 paper that just looked at earthworms in general. It was kind of a neat paper. It was like, what's what are all these novel compounds we can get from earthworms? And anyway, this is what they summed up about lumbrokinase. Leading researchers and doctors report on the power of lumbrokinase to dissolve clots and protect against ischemic heart disease and stroke, lower fibrinogen levels in cancer patients, which is strongly associated in scientific studies with better outcomes, less metastases, and slower growth of tumors, dissolve bacterial biofilms present in chronic infections in conditions like autism and Lyme disease, allowing antimicrobials to work effectively, and lastly, offer antiplatelet, antithrombotic, and anti-apoptotic apoptotic activity, uh, remarkably regulating hypercoagulation. Wow. Okay, so for those of us, though, who don't have a good earthworm guy, yeah. uh, can we get our hands on this lumbrokinase in most stores? Is, that, is it going to have similar effects? Yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about that okay. towards the end. I'll tell you where you can get it. I mean, you okay. can get it on Amazon. You can get it in you know your health food store. Right. So um, there's there's a few different kinds. Well, that's so, what I was asking. Do I need to have the worm varietal to have the most no, beneficial? No, you don't. Okay. You can you, you can get basically what they do now is they uh, use genetics and they put it into E. coli and E. coli grow the lumbrokinase out. Enzyme. I'm out. <laughs> it's actually how they make a lot of enzymes, <laughs> know. you know. So anytime I hear a E. coli, though, it's not a great selling point. Yeah. But I know they use it a lot. Yeah. So that's a good summary, I think, of, okay. of what it all does. They do mention Lyme disease in there. Another thing lumbrokinase does, it potentially breaks up biofilms. And biofilms are basically like these big, like gooey, boogery shields that bacteria create out of fibrin. And they protect bacteria from antibiotics and make them incredibly difficult to kill. Okay. So some of the theories around chronic Lyme and other infections is that these biofilms are why people do not get better after being on antibiotics lumbrokinase dissolves those biofilms and lets antibiotics and you know antibiotic herbs and stuff kill them that's huge yeah it's it's really big so i found two cool stories online of people using lumbrokinase that i wanted to share so first was from a lady who had neuropathy in Mm -hmm. her feet so this is what she said uh this stuff really works i have neuropathy in my feet and when i take this this you know, it goes away. Apparently, fibrin can block openings in the small blood vessels, which can prevent nutrition from getting to the cells. Because of gravity, fibrin may accumulate in our feet and contribute to nerve damage. Lumbrokinase really works. Mm. It's a good, good, real short one. 
the second story was from someone with chronic Lyme. They said, wow, uh, Baluki has significantly helped me. Baluki is uh, it's the manufacturer of Lumbrokinase. Okay. Uh, after being inactive for a period of time, uh, example, first thing in the morning or sitting at my desk for a while, I experienced joint stiffness and pain. I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease about three months ago. After starting Lyme treatment, my entire body became inflamed and each day seemed like I was living in purgatory. My functional medicine MD told me the stiffness was partly due to fibrinogen and that Baluki could help. I ordered it without much expectation. After two weeks, my joint stiffness and pain had decreased some. Based on my feedback, my doctor increased my dose and I can finally see the light at the end of my tunnel. Uh, most days, my stiffness is almost gone and my pain has decreased significantly. I would highly recommend this for people experiencing similar symptoms related to Lyme. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a cool stuff. Yeah. And I, I found one other quote that I want to read, and this is from Charles Darwin himself. I remember that guy. Yeah, so this is from the 1880s. He said, The digestive fluid of worms is of the same nature as the pancreatic secretions of the higher animals, and this conclusion agrees perfectly with the kinds of food which worms consume. Pancreatic juice emulsifies fat, and we have just seen how greedily worms devour fat. It dissolves fibrin, and worms eat raw meat. It converts starch into grape sugar with wonderful rapidity. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's a word not many people use anymore. (laughs) Rapidity. It's not. Anyway, I thought that was cool that Charles Darwin like had some something to say about. That's it crazy. Yeah, know. that's back. That's back in the day. Back in the day. Anyway, so let's let's wrap this part up. If you want to try lumbrokinase, there's a few options. I tried three different ones. So the first one was the actual ground up earthworms. I tried. Um, I you know I decided to try it for science. Yeah. Basically, uh, I think the pills gave me a bit of anxiety, to be honest. Really? It was really weird because after when we were doing the uh, antibiotic episode last week, mm-hmm. I had like just taken them uh, and I'd been taking them throughout the day. So I took a bunch of pills. Like you're supposed to take grams of this stuff. Right. So I think over one day I took like 15 pills of this earthworm. Damn. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, so I remember being jittery and kind of on edge for that episode. And I, I think for some reason they, they gave me anxiety. I don't that know That is a lot of earthworms. So I can see that happening. It's, it's only like one or two really yeah (laughs) oh god uh the other options are probably way more palatable uh that's just getting straight lumbrokinase in a supplement so i tried two different ones baluki and doctor's best lumbrokinase so baluki is from the company canada rna biochemical inc and they have done a ton of research on lumbrokinase they claim their lumbrokinase is the only true form out there you know they guarantee the potency Uh, they've run studies they have health claims on their website so because of this, Baluki is super expensive. It's Ugh. like 60 capsules is like 90 bucks. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's pretty spendy. This also means there's a lot of co- counterfeit bottles out there when you order it off the net. And I think I got one because when I tried it for a couple of days, all the benefits that I was having from Doctor's Best Lumbrokinase yeah. went away. Wow. So I think I got a bad Baluki or something like oh that. Oh, my gosh. So if you do Baluki, I mean, maybe it's great. I don't know. I'd probably buy it from a store. You Doesn't know? Enzymedica have a lumbrokinase too? They probably do. There's a lot of different lumbrokinases out there. I yeah. think Doctor's Best though is the most affordable. Okay, uh, it's going to be between twenty and thirty bucks. Okay, so that's super doable, um, and that's the one I've been taking and liking. And so I think that's you know the before way to go. every meal. Yeah, I take it a little bit before a meal. You know, I just try not to take it with food in my stomach. But I've taken it with food in my stomach, and it actually kind of works. Nice. Anyway, earthworms. Earthworms. Let's do it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go out in the backyard right now and see if I can't get something started. 
All right. Let's talk about coronavirus. Oh, my God. It's just consuming everyone. Yeah, it is. So I have a couple things I wanted to share about it and just some some general uh, tips on what you can do to avoid coming down and dying and whatnot. So (laughs) (laughs) just a couple little pointers. Yeah. It is kind of crazy that there so basically what we were talking about earlier that there is a segment of this virus and its genetics that comes from hiv and how that there's no way that that could be something that naturally develops yeah i mean if we're gonna go down this thread or tug on it uh yeah i've heard that too and obviously i'm not a virologist but when you're hearing it from noted virologists saying this is kind of a Franken virus that has all of these multifaceted purposes or parts to it, like the HIV thing you were talking about, how does that come about? I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and the way the Chinese are acting, I mean, they, you know, at first they tried to downplay it, like, okay, if we just ignore it, it won't happen. But then mm-hmm. they kind of freaked out. And it, it makes me think they might know that they have something on their hands that's no bueno. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so first I want to read, because there's two things with coronavirus. There's the actual getting of the virus, like you have it, mm-hmm. and then there's what it's going to do to society. Right. And getting the virus is not actually, I think, the biggest impact we're going to see. Well, short term anyways. You're talking about because long term, we don't know what this virus could be doing to us. Even people who are yeah, that's true. getting over the initial symptoms, they're going to have that in their bone or in their blood that's as true. a result of this HIV-like per- pervasiveness. Yeah, that's definitely true. We don't know what it's going to do long term. We don't know if it's going to come back or, or, or right. whatnot. Yeah, we have no idea. Be activated further. Who knows? The other thing that's really kind of scary about it is there's been people who have tested positive for corona or COVID-19 or however you want to call mm-hmm. it. And they don't have symptoms for 20 plus days, which means basically, I think right now we can assume that it's everywhere. Right. Like we can assume like America has it. I mean, there's, I don't know what, 2000 cases here or something Mm -hmm. like that. I'm not sure what the number is, but it's... It's here, and and you keep hearing on the news stories about somebody tested positive for corona who was at some big event, right? And it's like, okay, so we probably all have it by now, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, oh yeah. So so the whole idea of containment, we could have had it um, months ago, and passed through. I mean, I'm saying months may be weird. I, I mean, there's no evidence yet that it can remain dormant for months. But I'm not uh, dormant, but I'm saying we could have had it and thought that we just had a, a regular flu, but we were actually exposed to coronavirus. Oh, you, mean, you think it's corona instead of the flu. Right. We don't huh. know because I never got tested for what, what I had this year, season, yeah. seasonally people getting things. And all I hear is people complaining of the flu lasting a lot longer this year yeah. and causing problems and people taking months to get over. We don't know because they weren't tested. Yeah. So I know that there's not a patient zero that we can, because everyone's taking this thing back to Wuhan, China, but we don't know how long ago that could, if that was out of there six months ago. Sure. We don't know. We don't know when this thing started. Okay. So I'm saying it could be everywhere. It could be. So let's cover first what you can do if you get it. Okay. Okay. So first off, it's the flu, you know, so it's a virus. And so everything that you can do against a virus will be good. So elderberry, 
is very important. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got some elderberry. Just start popping gummies of elderberry, you know, each day. That's going to help a lot in in how you deal with the virus. Zinc lozenges are very important. And and the lozenges, not not the the pill of zinc, because you want to get zinc into your, like, larynx, into your throat, Mm -hmm. because it actually helps against... I don't know exactly what it does virus viral like adherence or something like that but there was actually a recommendation i don't know if it was somebody from the cdc who actually said they recommended zinc lozenges for coronavirus okay so those are two things that are going to be good right off the bat if you get sick so this was a protocol that a guy in my church gave me so he he said this protocol worked really well for a friend's son who had walking pneumonia for two weeks Uh, two rounds of antibiotics, still couldn't kick it. They took these four compounds and in under 48 hours, they were up and going. Like they were okay. So these are the four things that you should take if you get corona. Wait on us. First, NAC. uh, That inhibits virus replication. And it's basically highly pathogenic to the influenza virus. Okay. NAC, that's an enzyme, N-acetylcysteine. Right. I mean, amino acid. Uh, The second thing, selenium. Selenium is very good against the flu. That's a mineral. Yeah. And then the next thing is grapeseed extract. That's got some good studies on it showing it's it's good for viruses. And then the lacetin is quercetin, which the lacetin. And then <laughs> I the, like that. The last The lacetin. <laughs> the last thing is quercetin, which, you know, a lot of people use for allergies. Yeah. So if you get the virus, if you pound these four things three times a day, you're going to be in a lot better shape than if you don't. Okay. And so that was from Shane. So shout out to Shane. Thanks, Shane. I would also like to say a nice food-based or whole food or superfood, vitamin C. Vitamin C and vitamin C IVs. Yes. Are going to be so huge. Huge. Yeah. So, I mean, I I know we don't often call up particular brands, but I'm just in love with Health Force Nutritionals Vitamin C. It's two ingredients. It's two ingredients. Acerola cherry and tapioca starch. Yeah. Just to keep from caking. It's amazing. So, your absorption rate is going to be off the charts. So, Definitely look into that. I, I, that's if you're looking for a good or a kamu kamu or an amla, some kind of super fruit. Yeah. Anything else? Like what else have been people people have been buying? Oil of oregano. You know, wild oil, oil of oregano. People are still going crazy okay. for that. I tell everybody just to have some for sure some food based. Uh, if you can get a hold of food based uh, peroxide, yeah, hydrogen peroxide. Thing. My favorite thing. Thirty five percent. And then the zinc, like you said. Obviously huge, but uh, yeah, you're nailing them all. Okay. Yeah, those those things. And I think if you take those things, you should be okay. Like, I, I, I mean, really, the severity of this is more severe than the flu, and it catches easier and all that stuff. Right. But it's still the flu. So I, I think you, you can get over it with these things. Totally. Yeah. So that I don't think we should be freaking out about. But the thing to freak out about are the systemic effects. And so I read this this tweet thread on uh, Twitter, obviously, uh, <laughs> that explained exactly using the assumptions we have what is going to happen to our medical system with this virus. Hey. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna read that tweet thread to give you an idea. So this is by Liz Specht, and she is a PhD in microbiology, I think. Anyway, so this is what nerd. she said. Yeah, total nerd. I think most people aren't aware of the risks of systemic healthcare failures due to COVID-19 because they simply haven't run the numbers yet. Let's do the math. So let's conservatively 
conservatively assume that there are 2,000 current cases in the U.S. today, March 6th. This is about eight times the number of confirmed lab-diagnosed cases. Uh, We know there is substantial underdiagnosis due to lack of test kits. We can expect that we'll continue to see a doubling of cases every six days. Uh, This is a typical doubling time across several epidemiological studies. And here I mean actual cases. Confirmed cases may appear to rise faster in the short term due to new test kit rollouts. So we're looking at about 1 million U.S. cases by the end of April. Wow. 2 million by May 5th, 4 million by May 11th, and so on. So exponentials are hard to grasp, but this this is how they go. They have an exponential curve. Uh, As the healthcare system begins to saturate under this caseload, it will become increasingly hard to detect, track, and contain new transmission chains. In absence of extreme interventions, this likely won't slow significantly until hitting over uh, 1% of susceptible population. What does a caseload of this size mean for the healthcare system? We'll examine just two factors, hospital beds and masks. Along, you know, there's many, many other things Mm -hmm. that will be impacted. Uh, The U.S. has about 2.8 hospital beds per 1,000 people. With a population of 330 million, this is about 1 million beds. At any given time, 65% of those beds are already occupied. That leaves about 330,000 beds available nationwide, perhaps a bit fewer this time of year with regular flu season. So let's let's trust Italy's numbers and assume that about 10% of cases are serious enough to require hospitalization. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that for many patients, hospitalization lasts for weeks. In other words, turnover will be very slow as beds fill with COVID-19 patients. Mm-hmm. By this estimate, by around May 8th, all open hospital beds in the U.S. will, will be filled. This says nothing, of course, about whether those beds are suitable for isolation of patients with a highly infectious virus. If we're wrong by a factor of two regarding the fraction of severe cases, that only changes the timeline of bed saturation by six days in either direction. So if 20% of cases require hospitalization, we run out of beds by May 2nd. If only 5% of cases require it, we can make it until May 14th. Oh, good. 2.5% gets us to May 20th. This, of course, assumes that there is no uptick in demand for beds from other non-COVID-19 causes, which seems dubious. Uh, to assume. As healthcare system becomes increasingly burdened, prescription shortages, etc., people with chronic conditions that are normally well-managed may find themselves slipping into severe states of medical distress requiring intensive care and hospitalization. But let's ignore that for now. Uh, She goes on to explain masks, but I'm not really going to go into all that. Now consider how these two factors, beds and mask shortages, compound each other's severity. Full hospitals plus few masks plus healthcare workers running around between beds without proper uh, masks equals a very bad mix. Uh, She goes on to explain about what it means if we have no hospital care workers. Importantly, I cannot stress this enough, even if I'm wrong, even very wrong about core assumptions like percent of severe cases or current case numbers, it only changes the timeline by days or weeks. This is how exponential growth in an immunologically naive population works. Don't mock decisions like canceling events or closing workplaces as undue panic. These measures are the bare minimum we should be doing to try to shift the peak, to slow the rise in cases so that healthcare systems are less overwhelmed. Each day that we can delay an extra case is a big win for the healthcare system. She finishes up saying, you know, we should buckle down. A lot of this matches what epidemiologists are saying and ends with, that's all for now. Standard disclaimers apply. I'm a PhD biologist, but not an epidemiologist. Thoughts of my own, yada, yada. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Wow. I mean, what do you think of that? 
I think that uh, paints a, a dire picture. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this could be the real this could be the real problem that people aren't thinking about because there's a lot of people out there saying, "Oh, it's just the flu," you know, they're just freaking us out again, and and in, they're right in a sense, but they're wrong in the systemic impacts that that she's showing. Well, hopefully, the beds aren't being taken up by people who have you know passed through the symptoms, you know, without much of an issue, and more of the susceptible members of society that are more at risk as far as death is concerned or the ones who are taking, you know. Well, that was what she was saying. She said, assume a 5% rate of people need a hospital bed who are infected. Mm-hmm. Meaning most people, 95% right. are going to be fine. Yeah, they're, yeah they're just at home. And, and they're even little, then they're going to be filled up. Even then. By May 14th, May by, 20th. By yeah. mid-May. Yeah, yeah. And by end of April, 1 million U.S. cases. Let's get it. Yep. So I think it's a good idea to definitely have some rice and beans and extra water. Mm-hmm. If you can have 50 gallons of water. I know, but all, all the people going crazy at Costco about toilet paper and toilet Kleenex. Paper. <laughs> I'm like, they're like, hey, we need to get toenail clippers, man. This thing's coming. I was like, dude, the food is what you should be. You've got plenty of t-shirts, socks, and tablecloths to use. In the case. I mean, don't worry. About, it's just funny to me what they're worrying about. We need, man. We need, we need a new toilet brush, bro. The stuff's coming. Oh, God. Calm down, everybody. Get the essentials. Just expect the worst or hope for the... What is it? Hope for the worst and expect the... I don't know. No, it's expect the worst, hope for the best. Whatever. Something like that. Just don't worry about it until, you know, you have to worry about it. And we really don't know because what these guys are saying is that the peak... So so if you look at a graph... the peak amount of cases, that's the risk. And so there's a certain level that the healthcare system can work. And by closing things down, by making it so that we're not all congregated together, by not going out as much, you kind of spread the peak out a little bit. So instead of like a sharp rise, you get more of like a kind of hill. Yeah. And and if it's underneath what the healthcare system can handle, you don't have a problem. If it's over what the healthcare system can handle, then you have a problem. Right. Um, so hopefully... Uh, you know, we can spread that that peak out. But but it's not crazy when, when people are closing events. And it's not crazy to be like, you know, I'm just not going to fly. I'm not going to go on that cruise that I got scheduled for April 1st. I'm mm-hmm. just not going to do that. That actually really helps. If it is bad, it will, it will help significantly. Problem is, we haven't even talked about the financial uh, aspects of this thing basically crashing down on us, which I've mm-hmm. never seen. The likes of which I... I mean, when they're canceling all these events, they're canceling big movies, they're canceling... Most likely, they're going to start canceling the sporting events, and NBA season could be scrapped. That sort of thing. Uh, not to mention spring baseball and baseball and all that stuff. Depending on how bad this gets, we're going to see a lot of other issues too, besides just the. Uh, Are you uh, talking like the stock market? I'm talking about yeah, financially. I'm yeah. talking about eco- economically. Yeah. Um, it's going to change the 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 scope of our daily lives. Yeah. One other thing I want to touch on is you see some people saying, go get a flu shot. Mm -hmm. Uh, That could be really bad advice. Uh, There's a study that just came out in early in January uh, that looked at Department of Defense personnel who got vaccinations in the 2017-2018 period and their susceptibility to coronavirus. And they said, receiving influenza vaccination may increase the risk of other respiratory viruses, a phenomenon known as virus interference. And so they ran a study on this. And so that might not be great advice mm. to go get a flu shot because I I, I kind of tried to dig into it, but it's really complicated. And it's kind of like your body gets stuck on killing one virus. And so it has a hard time switching to this new virus. 
Plus, if you have an, a, a compromised immune system, what else is in that too that could potentially? Yeah, I mean, be I'm not even topic. touching on how bad flu vi- uh, flu vaccines <laughs> yeah, are. Exactly. You know, they, they they're terrible. They don't work. And I think this last year they said it had a zero percent effectiveness, right. like the one we just got. Like it was on a totally everyone's more sick than I can even remember. This it was year. on a totally different strain than the virus yeah. that that went around. So, not even covering that, the advice that you should go get your flu shot because it will somehow help you with corona. Bad not very good advice okay yeah so we that that's good to know so yeah that's that's kind of what i wanted to cover um well there's definitely a lot to consider um i like i said i go back and forth on the coronavirus thing but now that i know about earthworms (laughs) i don't have to worry as much that's right (laughs) so what, what i guess we should sum it up you know elderberry zinc lozenges if you get it nac selenium grape seed extract uh, what was the last food-based one? vitamin c food-based vitamin c vitamin c ivs quercetin quercetin yep yeah have some of all of this you can get it all on amazon they're still delivering they are they're loving it <laughs> <laughs> i mean our business is doing fantastically right now people are flooding into vitamin sections and buying everything they can get their hands yep. on people with coronavirus yeah us too i mean everyone's coming in obviously uh, everyone's concerned and wants to boost up their immune systems but yeah we're encountering more and more people and you never know if that sniffle is something more yeah and and they might not have symptoms and they might still have it so that's the big thing it's Yeehaw. you know I, I don't know if you can wash your hands enough to avoid that i'm literally going to kinko's after this and just laminating my body <laughs> i'm just getting fully friggin laminated don't forget the air holes oh well, dude it's going to be pointless to get the air holes. I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> Put algae in there. So. <laughs> That's right. Make oxygen. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, quackspodcast.com. If you want updates on the Corona stuff, I am tweeting about it. My handle is at quackspod, Q-U-A-X-P-O-D. Uh, send us an email at quackspodcast at gmail.com if you have a suggestion for a show totally. or whatnot. Um, so yeah that's uh, that's pretty much it it's a lot man i gotta process all right thanks everybody thanks bud. Yeah.